shit. Give me Slum sleeper, but when I try to leave her, I just find out that it's cheaper to keep her. Plus, she keep my thoughts deeper, really zoning. Like my Cali homies, six four rolling. All them Detroit lacks trimmed in golden. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the BMP Pod. Today is Wednesday, April twenty seventh, episode fifty six. We are in the thick of the uh, first round of the playoffs. Got a lot to cover around what's happened over the last week around the league. Um, as always, recap some of the uh, HBO show Winning Time. And we got some fun uh, game of skill things that we're going to introduce, for lack of a better word, doing some gambling tonight. But um, before we get into that, Matt, my friend, how you doing? How's life? Doing good, bro. I uh, can't complain too much. There's hoops on 24-7, so it's uh, what more can we ask for, right? Quality yeah. playoff basketball every single night. It's been fun. Yeah, it's making me totally forget the fact that this is the NFL draft in a day. So <laughs> I'm not prepared as usual. <laughs> no, my uh my Todd Maxey hat has been uh collecting dust in the closet. So we'll yes. maybe save that for next year. For sure. Um, next time the word the Niners are in the the top 10, top 20, we'll make a, <laughs> a more conceived effort. For sure. Um so we're recording this during the Pelican Suns game five, which means we just finished watching game five of the Timberwolves and the Minnesota, or Minnesota Timberwolves, the Timberwolves and the Grizz Dogs. Um, as we kind of anticipated going into the playoffs, this has been such a fun series. Um, Grizzlies came out tonight, you know, probably were down like at most like 12 to 15 points. Again, found a way to come back. Ended up coming down to the wire. Ja hits a magnificent game-winning layup. Um, and once again, the Timberwolves trick out a, trick another loss. They had two chances this playoffs already with pretty big substantial leads going into the back end of the games. And both times, as Charles Barkley liked to call them, the dumbest team in the world, they were fucking so dumb and ended up losing again. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that was pretty good. It, thanks, man. <laughs> um, I won't watch a lot of inside the NBA, but yeah, I mean, the, the series has been incredible back and forth. Teams are stealing games at each other's house. Um, one thing I don't know if you noticed, but you called out last episode that T Morant had a doppelganger 
And it just so happened tonight that he was sitting courtside with said doppelganger, Usher Raymond. They were sitting right next to each other. It was it was like a bizarro world. It was really crazy. But that was it's first crazy how similar they look. And I'm not just wow. saying that. Like they wore the same fucking outfit, the same glasses, the same haircut. Usher they have the same fucking chain. smile. Yeah. The difference is Usher can fucking groove on some skates. Um, <laughs> yes, unsure about T, but Usher gets down on some skates. I got a sneaking suspicion that T is probably like Mr. Rollbounce behind closed doors. I mean, I'm sure of it too, but we haven't yeah. seen it. So I'm going to give the nod yeah. to, to Usher. To Usher. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah. Like you said, Memphis or Minnesota got out to kind of a hot start and then once again tricked off the lead. Um, cat sassy cat was back at it, had a big game with 28 and 12. Um, played pretty good, had a lot of turnovers, but um, yeah, man, it was it was back and forth and fun game to watch. But ultimately, I think the the grit and grind of Memphis was too much for him. It's funny too, because like as a Warriors fan, obviously, we want Minnesota to win, it's just a better matchup against a much less experienced team, right? But the thing that normally I like in a team that's an underdog like the the Minis- the T-Wolves are, they keep getting just caught by doing these, like, petty-ass celebrations and then losing the game. Like, you know, you got Pat Bev doing the he's too small, but, like, going as far as, like, his ankle. And then, like, they end up – he ends up trying to, like, take over the game and close it out and just starts breaking shots. You got Cat shushing the crowd with, like, eight minutes to go. You got him – screaming at people and then you know in game two he was or game three he was like we're in minnesota now and they lose that fucking game it's just like so many like poorly timed shit talk things that they're doing and every single time it comes back to them so i'm like dude you guys are <laughs> it comes with the inexperience right like it really it, does it goes it really does hand. they're not battle tested they don't know what a safe lead is they don't know when to act confident and when to lead in silence it's it's messy. And yeah, as much as we love clowning on him and talking shit, I'm actually kind of starting to feel bad for Cat. Did you see his post game at the end of game? Game three was the last one they won, right? They won game four. Game four, excuse me. Yeah. Game four post game. They asked him right after he had a big game. And did you, he was, he went kind of viral on the internet because he started off with his regular voice, which. I feel bad, but it's the voice that we all clown him for. He gets piled on the internet for being sassy cat. And then he caught himself. I'm sure he's reading all the all the tweets, all the comments. And halfway through his interview, he dropped his voice a little bit, threw some bass in it, and uh, gave his best Kobe impression. Job's not done. I don't feel bad for him because it's so fucking well, performative. It's just like, dude. <laughs> right, but, but that's the thing, right? Like, we clown on him for being sassy cat and having, you know, all his mannerisms and shit. And then he's conscious of it and tries to switch up and we clown on him for being fake and not being real. So there's yeah. just really no way cat can win. He's in a lose, lose at this point. Um, and yeah, I don't know why I have, I guess I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of soft spot for him. <laughs> I mean, I, I am able to separate the person from the art, from the artist. I feel like his, <laughs> he's fucking incredible on the floor, but I mean, yeah. It all started when he was talking about, you know, we did our thing in 2018. We got the job done. It's like you guys made the first round of the playoffs and got deep <laughs> five. Anything done. And then, like, he, he wins game four, and he's like, how does it feel, guys? He's like, job's not fit. He's just like <laughs> and the worst so part fucking is, hard that he's trying. I just I can't do it. He tried so hard. He did, He goes, I think, well, I don't want to quote him wrong, but he said, 
Oh, but but like I think you can tell, you know, we're not too satisfied yet. The job's not done. He like walked him right into it. It's like, come on, cat. But his kid can't win. Whatever he does, people are gonna give him shit either yeah. way. Yeah. I, it's I wanna see them keep winning because I do enjoy watching how like animated he's just like forcing himself to be. And like the energy is driven by Pat Bev. And sometimes that ends up being like a fault for them. But I love how Cat's trying so hard to be like the true energy of the team. Mm-hmm. And he's just not him. It's just not who he is naturally. It's not his personality. It's so fucking funny. Um, it's I, but I do like how like extra he gets when it comes to any sort of like expression on the court. Cause it's just like so far out of his character. Oh yeah. He it's gets hilarious. Fouled. He's, he's on the floor flailing his arms up. You can hear yeah. him over the, like the rim microphones when he gets, every time it's ridiculous. what? Come on. It's a foul. <laughs> like, Every single missed call, or even if it's not a missed call, he's just begging for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's getting so obnoxious. But to have him think that he needs to be, uh, I guess, like the swag of that team, like you don't need to do that. Like look to your left. You have a guy in Anthony Edwards that was born to do this, that was yeah. like made to be in the spotlight, in the big moment, be confident. And that's like that should be his job. He needs to take on that role and let Cat – kind of be lack of a better word more of like a silent leader who just does it on the court and doesn't need to say anything yeah i do think this is kind of like his transition from like the shitty like stretch of his life that he had and sort of like finding a way to have more passion in the game so i do give him credit for trying to like still play at a high level but it's just i can give him credit and still laugh at him like that's all it is. <laughs> that's all I'm that's what do. the internet's for. It's, it's exactly. It's, what, it's our jobs. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Um, but sassiness aside, a couple of notes on this game is Jaws dunk on Malik Beasley. For the three years Jaws been in the league, he's always he's had a thousand crazy plays. But one of the things he always had is like these incredible highlight dunks. They're almost highlights where he misses it. And tonight he had one of those where he you know, went up against Malik Beasley, who was taking a charge and cocked it back to the goddamn half court line and just yammed on him so hard uh, to do that in the playoffs. The thing that I caught was Ian Eagle saying the jawbreaker, which I found to be a hilarious call. Um, So shout out to the the C squad of Ian Eagle and and Jim Jackson, because the jawbreaker is a fire name. Are you are you anti Jim Jackson on the call? Uh, no, I'm not anti-Jim Jackson. There's plenty worse people out there. Um, for sure. I think he's fine for these types of games. Um, right. He, I love how he's always ripping on the person he's doing the color for. He's always kind of <laughs> like throwing shade at like, like you the, didn't the corny white guy. Like, yeah. like, like, oh, your little ass can't do that. Like, exactly. oh, okay, Jim. Like, <laughs> I, I do find that to be hilarious. He does it like every time. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, he's. He's no Brad Doherty. He's no Chris Weber. Like those guys are much worse than Jim Jackson. Chris Weber might be the worst of all time. Um, yeah, but yeah, incredible dunk by uh, by Jaw. Like the, from where he took off, he took off just inside like the free throw line, pretty much right on the the bottom hash mark, off two feet, cocked that shit back, and I mean that sparked their run, right? I mean they For were sure. down. I think they were down by like maybe eight 11. at that point. Okay. Yeah, and from there on, like. Like I think it was one or two possessions later, Jaw came back and almost had another one and yeah. got blocked. I forget mm-hmm. who who ended up blocking that one, but uh, might have been Torian Prince or somebody. But 
yeah, like the the energy that that switches in their favor when he does shit like that or Desmond Bain goes on a run, it mm-hmm. it's crazy. And that's part of the reason I would much rather see the T Wolves in the next round than this sure. team. Yeah, all it takes is one like jaw dunk, jaw like big play. And another thing is like they made the adjustment to get more run for Brandon Clark, who's just been a goddamn monster on the boards. He finished Yo. like 20 and 10 tonight with some huge offensive rebounds down the stretch. Um, he's fucking bouncy. San Jose State guy. I know he finished at Gonzaga, but shout out Spartans. He played for them for a little bit. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, BC is a good dude. Um, but yeah, the last thing on this game, this is fresh off of Jaws' most improved player award that he just he so famously won. Um, we've we've bitched about it at length, but the one thing I did catch, and it does bother me, is they've totally changed the trophies that the they trophies. give. Yeah, did you notice that? Yeah, they made them like smaller, uh, different like little glass just... balls. <laughs> They're <Yeah>. just balls. <laughs> <laughs> they are balls. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan either. That's one thing where like if you're going to change it up, at least make it sick. Like they downsized them, downgraded them. They've lost a lot of their luster, in my opinion. I'm not a fan. They look like the little awards that you might get at work after like a year, like company annual kickoff of like rookie of the year for yeah. sales like alex here's your little fucking crystal ball with your name on it like five-year work anniversary or- yeah instead it's like a like a big ass paperweight with kia logo on it it's and to do that from what the trophies used to be like you got like the dude on the bench for the coach of the year you got like obviously you got hardware yeah dude and so i mean i'm okay with jordan Poole not hosting up one of those little paperweights but <laughs> you can have what, that award what really grinds my gears is that john morant won it undeservedly so don't get me wrong he played amazing amazing year should have been an mvp combo like we mentioned he's he doesn't even open the fucking thing and he sends it to his teammate desmond bain did you see that he's also the first rookie of the year to win most improved player yeah you don't how can you improve a year overall, from getting the rook another award rookie of the year and mip in three years. And then he's going to be MVP next season. And people are going to be like, oh, my God, he's cleaning up. Yeah, no shit, dude. He's incredible. He's been incredible. It should be qualifications in the most improved player award. It's like if you were a top five pick within the last three or five years, you should not be able to be improved. You're supposed to do this. If you've been like, eh, anyways. Um, I, I agree with you for sure. But, um, yeah, ridic- I mean, Desmond Bain, was he wasn't a finalist, was he? I no, think it, he was, was like a, it was DeJounte, Darius, and um, right. Ja. I will I say Jordan Poole, who finished fourth, had like the second highest second place votes. And a few, he had probably like 10 or 12 first place votes. At least he's getting um, noticed. He's getting noticed. It's just, you know, other people got a shit ton more second place votes. And I, I hate that scoring system just because you could get more first place votes and still lose. Um, right. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, hopefully they figure out a way. I feel like people are, well, maybe not people. Draymond Green is making a, enough noise about this that, <laughs> and he's loud enough that maybe they'll listen and try to insert some sort of qualification so that it's not just a, such a subjective award. His rants are incredible about that. He just goes off. And, I mean, he knows what he's talking about too. So like, they're all good def- points. They're amazing points. So yeah. Hopefully people are listening and taking notes. Adam Silver. <laughs> Um, so the Grizz Dogs they play game, they're up 3-2. Game six goes back to Minnesota. Minnesota. Pretty sure they play on Friday. Um at this point, like I just I mean, 
I feel like the Grizz Dogs are going to take it in Minnesota. Um, the T Wolves mm-hmm. just have too many chances, and they keep fucking just tricking off these games. Um, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I mean, it's looking like Grizzlies Warriors. Um, we'll do some preview around that if it happens, knock on wood. But I mean, the Wolves for a team like the Wolves, you can't trick off two games like that and expect to win the series. It's just not going to happen. Nope. So, um, team. moving on, going across the league to the very highly anticipated, highly contentious, highly talked about Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics series. They got swept the other night. They lost, uh, or the, the Nets lost 4-0 to the Celtics, which is something I don't think anybody, even like your biggest mass holes, didn't anticipate. Um, just an absolute circus show throughout the whole series on the Brooklyn Nets side with the Ben Simmons stuff, the Kyrie flipping off the Celtics fans, um, KD kind of having some bad games, and just everything else in between. I'm glad you're putting the Nets to bed. Um, I don't even know where you want to start with this. I guess we could start with like the Ben Simmons, maybe. I don't know. Where do you where do you want to start with this fucking series? Because I mean, it's, um, it's the first time in his career that KD's been swept in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, some people are trying to say that it's like an ultimate tarnish on his resume, which I disagree with. Totally disagree. Um, but I'm just sad that we're not going to get KD in a deep playoff run because that's where he's most dangerous. Yeah. And this is like, that's the part that I hate about the NBA and the chatter around it is like, it's like Katie's not a top five player. I don't talk about his legacy anymore after this series. And it's like, the guy's like just coming off of a very serious injury still. He's, you know, coming off of his prime and he's getting beaten to the ground minutes wise all season by Steve Nash. Like you're going to run out of gas, unfortunately. And I think he ran out of gas, plus like his team around him is just standing around waiting for him to shoot the ball. And it's pretty easy to defend that after a while when you have a good defensive team like the Celtics. And it's no discredit to a great defensive team. It's no discredit to KD's ability to score the basketball. He finished with like 35 last night. But when you're not getting anything else from across your team and your coach and Steve Nash is just giving out like, you know, 20 let's goes and 10 come ons every night. And that's about it. Like it's not going to fucking work when you're playing a really good defensive team. So of course you're going to lose games like the way they did. Um, You got to be able to scheme in the playoffs. Like the postseason is a lot of X's and O's. You can't just continue to play ISO pickup the entire time. It's not going to work. Right. And so like Kyrie or KD finished the series, just a quick stat rundown. He finished like last night he had 39, um in the loss he had 23 27 16 and 39 shot the ball like crazy didn't shoot the ball too well but like i mean you're gonna you you have to be able to get more around him and then you look at Kyrie, who finished with 20 last night but he shot like 30 percent from the field throughout the whole series like he did not play he played terrible terrible he played terribly after that first game and it's like, who are you going to rely on next? You got Bruce Brown doing the most, Goran Dragic, Seth's playing hurt. It's just like a recipe for disaster. And then you throw in Billy Griffin just to get these like pity minutes. Who's just like just throwing charges. his body around there. It's just it's like, yeah. what are you fucking doing, Steve Nash? Well, I mean, we, we got a lot to get into, like you mentioned, but I think one of the things that stood out to me most, I guess, was in Kyrie's postgame presser. Mm. where I forget exactly what the question is, what the question was, but his answer was something to the effect of, um, 
I'm going to be back next season. Me and Kevin are going to work with Joe and Sean on how to like properly assemble this team. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. They, they asked him about, cause he's a free agent or he has an option. And right. so of course he's, you know, we're starting that camp of opt-in. where are you going to go? <laughs> Kyrie just, you know, I think the quote was like, yeah, I'm here with, for the long run with Kev. You know, I expect him and I to be working with Joe and Sean who are like the owners and GMs of the and Nets yeah. to, to manage this team. And it's like, dude, you guys are screwed from it forever with this mindset. Yeah, he came into last season thinking he was going to be the coach. He's going into this next season thinking he's going to be the GM. I think in a year or two, he's going to ask for equity in the Nets. I'm sure they're already doing that, to be honest. like, Yeah, I, I mean, I can see KD <laughs> trying to lobby for that. Um, for sure. But, um, he has a right to. I mean, he's fucking oh, Kevin Durant. Well, for sure, for sure. Um, but after this, like, what was it, three straight just ass performances from Kyrie pretty much, like, that's what you're going to say in the post game. I mean, it is yeah. what it is, but they're going to have a lot to do as far as like restructuring the roster around those two guys. And hopefully for their sake, that there won't be any type of mandates or anything that's going to restrict him from playing in any arena next year. Cause that's yeah. really what, what hurt them the most. So, yeah. I mean, um, ass- yeah, like you said, assuming anything or barring anything wild pandemic wise, you'll have, you know, theoretically Kyrie the whole season next year. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, Katie's going to be there for a long run. He's going to be making like $50 million at like 37 years old in a couple of years. Yeah. I'm assuming Kyrie's going to be there as long as Katie's going to be there. So like, I guess as a Nets fan, you can be happy in the fact that you'll have that deal for a while, but so that paying those us, boys a lot of money. <laughs> well, that, that brings us to our next topic is the other guy that you're the, the third person that's making the max on that team is somebody that refused to suit up for the entire postseason. That's Ben Simmons. That was crazy. So um, he... The plan was to have him back, what, game four? Mm-hmm. And up until that, all the reports were like, he's looking good. He's confident. He's fucking shooting the ball. He's banging out on people. He's looking yeah. ready to roll. And then, what, three day, a day after they lose game three, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons re-aggravated his back. And his, be, brain. and his brain, obviously. You know, funny thing about my brain is located on my back or vice versa. <laughs> um <laughs> And he, he ended up missing game four. And the one thing I, I love about this is the field day that Stephen A. Smith is having on his, you know, morning after shows and just saying just absurd things about both Kyrie and Ben. Yeah. Um, do you think Ben should have played? If he was able, I think he should have. Uh, I think a lot of it is in his head. The last game he played was the elimination game, and he got thrown under the bus by his coach at the post-game press conference. Game four was potentially, and it was, an elimination game. So his last two basketball games that he would have played would have been an exit out of the postseason. And I think that that would have done a lot to his psyche. And uh, he wasn't really ready for all the criticism that came with that. I think he would have preferred to start with a fresh slate next season. Um, However like you just mentioned, the lead up to this whole thing was him looking great in practice. The reporters are saying he turned around and say, watch this. He dunked a ball and then smiled at me and walked away. He, all signs are pointing to, he was very ready to play basketball and he was healthy enough to to help his teammates. And I mean, seeing as how shorthanded they are and they were going for the fucking sweep. Like I do wish that he would have gotten out on court and at least gave some effort to help his boys. Yeah. I think that's the, the part that if it was just like, Hey, I'm not ready. Like, 
either it's a mental thing, I'm hurt. Like you're exactly right. Like to come out after your last game a whole year ago, being an elimination game, to have it go the way it did. Yeah. And then your next game out there is another high pressured situation elimination game where the second you step on the floor, they're expecting all defensive, second team all league, like high yeah. quality all star play. It's a fucking lot for a 24-year-old, 25-year-old. So I, I get being like, hey, I'm not playing this series at all. Like, don't even expect to count on me, and we'll figure it out next year. I'll, I'll be there for you guys next year. Um, But, yeah, the way they kind of, like, built up this anticipation just to be like, you know what? That back's fucked up again. I'm out. And then for him to not sit on the bench in game four and just completely go away from the team, it's like, yeah. Well, I don't even know if he's going to be in Brooklyn again. They might try to ship him off somewhere too. Like it's you just it's don't crazy, know. Bro. And the wildest part is when I woke up to all this. Obviously, in the morning, first thing you do, you check Twitter. Yeah, I saw people piling on. You would have thought that he like murdered someone's children. <laughs> the way people were up in arms about Ben Simmons. Like I do think that he should have made a bigger effort to play. But like holy shit, people are talking about how this is like the worst disgrace in basketball, and he robbed everybody blind this season. Like. Calm the Stephen fuck down A's a going bit. bananas. Too. Did you hear what Stephen A said about Kyrie the other day? Did it have to do something with like Ukraine and or is he was like, Israel? <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing, which you know I'm pretty. I, he said, "If when Russia bombed Ukraine, I thought Kyrie Irving was going to miss work." <laughs> so it made me think. Stephen A's ripping on Kyrie, mm-hmm. player that comes from Australia. He's ripping on Ben Simmons. Player that comes from Australia. Australia. Stephen A. Smith has something against Australians. You know, it, it's yeah. Has anybody I mean, checked his just, opinion on Patty Mills or probably hates him? He probably yeah, thinks he's terrible. Joe like Eagles. it's probably hates him. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith versus Aussies. I didn't know that was the battle that we were here to fight, but hey, I got my money on the Aussies. <laughs> I will let me look in the camera while I say this. I will always have my money on the Aussies. <laughs> Every time. Uh, well, all that to say, I'm glad the, the Nets are in this terrible season they've had where they were the favorite to win the, the, the title 75% of the season to go out in the first round with a sweep. is uh, It's good to see. Um, as a Warriors fan who had the KD shit going on, I'm okay with it happening. So so last thing that I saw was today was – t- yeah, today I think – People were piling on about the Ben Simmons thing. And of all fucking people to I don't know who <laughs> who he who he said this to, where they got the quote, but of all people to pile on Ben Simmons, former NBA player who had never played in the NBA because of mental issues mm. or however you want to say it. I hope I'm not being insensitive, was Royce White. And Royce White, do you remember? I know you remember Royce White. Royce White yes. played at Iowa State, was in the 2012 draft. Yeah, he was a just outside the lottery. I was convinced up until probably like a year ago that he was still going to be like a nasty point forward in the league. But he came out and said, if it was me, I'd be playing in game four. Buddy, are you fucking kidding me? This hey. is a guy that refused to play in the NBA because he didn't want to travel. Uh, by plane. If he was on the net, I mean... <laughs> he could take a little bus to and from. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just digging holes. But yeah, that's fucking crazy that out of all people saying... I would have played through this shit if the one who wouldn't get on an airplane. And I get that. That's a serious, you know, John Madden fucking rode the bus wherever he went. Right. But I mean, I'm pretty sure he was like trying to sue. Wasn't he trying to like, 
I thought that Royce White was trying to like uh, take like legal action against the league or something because of the way they handled his uh, like whatever he was going through. And, and this is the guy that's going to come out and say he would play in game four. It just it's crazy. Like the people that are coming out of the woodwork to comment on this shit. Yeah, that <laughs> I think I saw you retweet the the Royce White thing. I'm like, motherfucker, dude, you can't say that, dude. You don't you you, let, you didn't play in the league like because of this. Correct. So yeah, he never did, <laughs> which was crazy. He was going to be so nasty. I think he got drafted by the Rockets, right? Yeah, I think he's like a big three player or something like that. Now I don't know. That makes sense. But sheesh, people always got something to say. That's why we're listening to us. So yeah. um moving on to we won't spend too much time on this but the other series that's worth talking just to again make fun of some people's failures i guess is the philly toronto series um it's what going into game six tomorrow night thursday night i believe philly was Um, three nothing and leave it to doc rivers to just let this shit go to seven games which you probably will Toronto has won two straight, so now it's 3-2. Uh, that would mean that the next game is going to in be Toronto. in Toronto. Matisse Thibel cannot play in Toronto. So yep. now it's up to, to Nick Nurse and the Raptors to tie this thing up and head back to Philly. And just as you mentioned, of all people, it would be such a beautiful gift if Doc Rivers were to trick off another – another The first 3-0 lead to be – Lost. Correct. He's tricked off a few th- uh, three ones, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Smith put him down back in like 2015. Yep. And He's done it twice, I believe. Yes, he has. Boy, oh boy, would this make me happy. <laughs> I, <laughs> this would just set the internet on fire if Doc Rivers lost four straight games to the Toronto Raptors after having a 3-0 lead. And I'm here for it. I hope it happens. I will say, Joel Embiid's playing with like a torn ligament in his thumb, mm-hmm. but... Still, your Doc no Rivers, excuse. no, no excuse. excuse. He's on the floor. No. You got to play and produce. Um, it would just be so goddamn funny because I do feel like, I mean, outside of the Lakers, if they skip, if they lose this series because of a, a you know, giving up a three zero lead, a you have to fire him. I think if they lose in the first or second round, regardless, he's going to get you know mutually parted ways. Yeah. Um, and outside of the Lakers trying to make a big splash and signing him as a coach, this could be his last coaching stint for a while. At least in my opinion, he's he seems fucking pissed off. He's all testy with reporters. Yeah. He just keeps going through the same shit with really slowly, good teams. So you can understand. Yeah, you're fired, motherfucker. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this would just be perfect to, just to see Glenn go out like that. Um, it would. So I'm hoping Fingers- for a nice. Fingers Drake crossed, victory. Man. Yeah, let's hope OG and the boys get this one done and rip off two more straight. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Um, all right, the last series, let's talk a little bit Warriors before we jump into some other stuff. Um, yes. Game four, real quick recap. Um, not much to say, at least outside of like, I'm sure we can both agree, Draymond doesn't fall out, they win the game. Um, that's yep. one. Jordan Poole didn't play great. He had his first like really bad game. Um Got some good Kaminga minutes. I thought John played really, really well in the spot that we put him in. Um, able to get out ahead of Jokic. Played pretty well, all things considered, on Jokic. Um, yeah. You know, it's very tough to guard him. Even tougher when you're a 19-year-old rookie who's who's got, like, 
six inches under him and probably like 200 pounds less than him. Yeah, a lot of weight. Um, so he held his own, man. I thought John looked really good. Um, that last play that Steve drew up to try to throw a lob Wiggins. to Wiggins at like the free throw line was just so fucking bad. Um, bad toss by Otto Porter, bad play. And of all people, you let Austin Rivers fucking intercept the ball. I mean, out of all people, he's been playing really good defense all series, though. I got to give a little credit to, to he Austin. Is, but he's his hands. Rivers. He is, but his he's been playing pretty solid, scrappy defense from the time he's on the floor. But yeah, you just don't. That's not a play you you run. Like no. Steph at the t- like the last four plays prior to that, the ball is in Steph's hands. Switch everybody up to get Jokic on him. Go buy him. Get a foul. Get a bucket. Why change everything? to try to make some stupid play where you're going to post up Wiggins. Even if he were to caught the ball, like that's not a good position for where I want Wiggins to, to be the one that's going to score. So and back to the basket, like eight feet away. I'd rather, I don't need yeah, for that. <laughs> I'd rather not have that look with the game on the line. Yeah. So again, Draymond fouls, doesn't foul out. I think they win the game. Um, game five to, tonight. Like in the city, I think they should run away with it. Um, I still, I'll go for it. Go ahead, my bad. No, I was gonna say I feel like with Jokic, it's crazy how he doesn't get tired. I feel like he's gonna finally get tired. Um, He's been getting worked like a dog, but he is tired. Like he's yeah, he's a hundred percent gassed all the time, but he's still able to move. It doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah, he just knows how to stay on the floor forever and still just produce in the way that he does. Um, But again, the Nuggets just the, the talent they have on the floor is just not anywhere near what the Warriors have. And so, like, for them to win, they're going to need 20 points from, like, Aaron Gordon or 20 points from Monte Morris or fucking Will Barton. And it's just, like, yeah, I don't have faith in that happening two games in a row. So, like, I think they should walk away game five pretty easily. I'm hoping so. I think the name of the game, obviously, is is fouls. Like, fouled way too much last game. Mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. – yeah, 15 – no, 27 team fouls, which is – not good. I mean, mm-hmm. Denver was fouling a lot as well, but especially with a team like that, we can't be hacking Jokic, getting people into foul trouble early. Yeah. That's going to be the name of the game to be able to play great defense and stay out of foul trouble. It's fucking hard, though. I mean, Jokic knows how to use that body. And I know, like, nobody has – we don't have any height for him. And Looney is the best body we can throw at him, so it's easy to get him fouls early. And like I said, I think Draymond said on his pod, like he's always going to play the way he does, and the way he does play is aggressive. And with a guy like Jokic, he knows how to use his body for contact and get those fouls. So I expect fouls to be up, or else we're just going to be giving him easy looks. Um, And I think we've seen this all series. We can live with Jokic putting up, which sounds crazy, like thirty and twenty almost, um, as long as we keep everybody else in check. So that's that's the the X factor. Is we can't let. Monty Morris or fucking Bones Highland go off for 25. That's another thing. Bones Highland just going bananas in game four. So, like, yeah. keep He's that good, shit dude. under check. I like Bones a lot. So do I. <laughs> I love fucking Bones. Crazy story about him, too. Didn't he have to, like, jump out of a burning house and save his family? Yeah. Nuts. Wild. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Bones Highland. Beast. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the last thing I noticed. I love how with playoffs, it makes you really either like or dislike a team. I've never been one to be like, I don't like the Nuggets, but I really don't fucking like this Nuggets team. And I really don't like their fans more and more, the more and more like I watch them. I don't know what it is. It's just like, 
maybe it's replacing the Blazers for me as a team that I'm just like sick of their shit, but I'm fucking sick of the Nuggets. I don't know. Something about them just really pisses me off. Yeah, I'm sick of them too. I'm just not threatened by them or their fan base. They just don't seem like legit to me. So, no. Like I, I, I really do like Jokic as a player, but I'm getting fucking tired of his ass. Like the way he wears on you in a seven game series is super yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Gordon's like a little punk ass that I've had enough of. <laughs> Get him out of here. Will Barton, I'm tired of him killing us every game, every game he plays. And Mike Malone is starting to like kind of annoy me. me off. Michael. Michael, say it right. Malone. Say it right. <laughs> it's Michael. It's Michael. <laughs> yeah, he's starting to piss me off too with how much he's just his mannerisms and the way he goes about things is bugging me yeah. as well. So I, I feel what yeah. you're saying for sure. You might be at the Michael Malone trick y'all phase pretty soon if you ask me. But Ooh, yeah, we'll start that bus when we get to it. Yeah. Yes. Um well, we'll see. I like I said, got faith in game five, us closing it out, and then we'll likely be looking at Memphis towards the middle of next week, if not towards the end of next week. And we'll we'll preview that series when it comes, but still feeling yeah. really good about the dubs. Best case scenario, we close out in five and mini Memphis goes seven. Yep. Um, all right. The last thing we want to do sports related. So maybe you want to share with the listeners what you've discovered, what you, you know, have found and what we're going to do and we'll kind of jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to the boy, Trilly Whiskers. Um, pretty much the reason we started this pod, but he's teamed up with a company called underdog fantasy where you can basically just, uh, pick players for, uh, draft like a little fantasy team game by game, depending on stats, different stats are weighted differently. You get a certain amount of points and you can win cash. Um, you can also just pick like uh, basically like, how would you describe it? Statistic parlays. I guess it's all player stat based. Yeah. Like stat pick if you will. Yeah. There you go. Pick them. That's a good word. So yeah. Like uh, today, I, think I picked what were my picks for today today I had Anthony or uh, Anthony Edwards over three and a half threes Kevin Herter over two and a half threes and Carl Anthony Towns over ten and a half rebounds so hit on I think I just hit on the cat one missed on the other two but it's a fun little app uh, it's uh, unlike the other ones you don't have to live in a gambling approved state to use it uh, I don't know the exact like run around on how they're able to do it but the game's uh, a skill as they say right you know um, so. but it's, it's pretty cool it's gonna make these playoffs interesting so we figured might as well we had a little promo code so we got some free cash in there might as well use it for the pod and give out some picks every episode what do you think yeah i mean i'm into the game late so i've got i got some shit riding tonight not feeling great about it but um <laughs> <laughs> i do like it as one who's always been one to love little player pop prop parlays um I'm, I'm very into making this a thing and hopefully we can get some more you know people who are into games of skills participating in uh seeing we can make some skrill i like it yeah i mean we we're gonna watch the nba playoffs anyway so i might as well call kevin herter a, a redheaded fuck when he misses a three-pointer <laughs> to add hey, to it you know maybe he exactly. makes them and you get yourself a nice steak dinner so exactly go off that yeah. Daddy's going to get a ribeye next time he gets three threes <laughs> in the game. Uh, so we got some set for tonight's uh, slate of games. Tonight we got 
Chicago at Milwaukee, and then the Nuggets at the Warriors. Um, so for this, we're just going to pick three total and one slip. Um, three each. I'll let you, I'll, I'll start. I'll give some context of the ones I'm picking, and I'll let you go. We'll debate yeah. from there, if you will. So you, I got you, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you, I'll go ahead. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> so the first one I got, I got Nikola Jokic over 30 and a half points. Um, not that I think the Nuggets are going to win this game, but if they want to keep the game in anywhere close and be competitive, I'm motherfuckers going to have to put up 30. Um, last two nights, he's had he's had 37 and 37 in back-to-back games. Um, those are the two games they had the best chance of winning. Like I said, if they even want to come close to winning, he's got to put up over 30. If they get their ass beat, not going to happen, but I still feel pretty good about that. The next one I got is in the Bucks bulls game. Uh, Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. I like that one. Last couple nights while they beat Chicago um, in game four, he only had two rebounds. Outside of that, he's had five, six, and four. So, or sorry, two rebounds last night and then six the remaining three games. Um, he's scrappy. He's always getting his hands on loose balls. So I feel like that's a pretty safe bet, especially yeah. in a closeout game. Yep. And then finally, back on the rebound train, I got Wiggins over five and a half. Um, every game this this series, he's had over six. Re- he's had six or more rebounds. So mm-hmm. just keep doing you wig dogs, and we'll we'll walk away with a nice steak dinner. I'll tell you that. Damn, I like your picks. I'm not gonna lie. Now I'm second guessing mine. No, <laughs> your, your picks are your picks are great, dude. Don't worry. You have to tell me that. <laughs> um, all right. So for mine, I'm taking uh, Aaron Gordon under 15 and a half points. So in this series, he had 21 last game. Uh, 18 the game before that, and then seven and eight before that. So uh, I guess he's trending upwards, but I still don't fucking trust Aaron Gordon. And if we adjust like I think we will, especially on the defensive end, we should be able to hold him to, to 15 points. So he doesn't yeah. scare me. No. Uh, I took Steph over 27 and a half points. And I mean, I think it was only game – was it game one that, that – uh, let's see – Game one, Steph had 16, and then he had 34, 27, 33. Uh, so, again, we're back at home. Another closeout game. Also, his minutes restriction is off. So I was going to say, he's, he's off minutes restriction. As many minutes as he can, and I'm assuming Steve Kerr is probably going to put him back in the starting lineup, especially after the game that Poole had last week or a couple days ago. Um, yeah. So, 27 and a half feels comfortable for me. I had that as my pick, but I didn't want to have the same one as you. So I feel like that's probably the biggest lock of the six that we've talked about. So it's got to be right. Yeah. And then my last pick, which I hate picking unders for my own team, <laughs> but uh, this one just it looked too looked too proper for what me. What are you not doing, man? Okay. I know. And this is Draymond under eight and a half points. So he had Ooh. twelve points in game one. And then back-to-back six-point games. And then last game that he fouled out, he had 13. Um, but I think he's more effective when he's not scoring as much and he's distributing and giving all of his energy on the defensive end, which I think he's going to have to do. So I don't think there's going to be a lot left in the tank for, for offense. Yeah. So uh, I'm riding with Draymond. I'd love him to get eight points. Just, you know, not, not over that. Yes, keep it under, keep it under eight. I like – Right. I like that. I feel like last year it was like we had that funny like dialogue of like if Draymond scores over 10 points, they always win the game. I feel like 
this year it's like if he's scoring over 10 points that means someone who should be scoring is not doing their job and i feel like if again if we're going to win tomorrow if we're going to win like we should win play our game draymond's going to put up like five or six points and that was also the narrative about Draymond scoring when Draymond scores 10 or more and we win. That was before like Jordan Poole came out of his shell too. Yeah. So now that we have like Poole and Clay and Steph all clicking, hopefully, fingers crossed, we shouldn't need that much on the offensive end from, uh, or at least scoring from Draymond. So exactly. We'll see. Um, we'll see. So we'll we'll uh, recap. Yeah. We'll post these out. Oh, yeah. We'll do some recaps if you want to go through it. Oh, uh, my bad. Oh, <laughs> I meant next episode, we'll, we'll tell you guys how we did. But, yeah, Aaron Gordon under 15 and a half points. Steph over 27 and a half points. And Draymond under eight and a half points. And then I got uh, Jokic over 30 and a half. Holiday over 30 and a half points. Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. Wiggins over five and a half rebounds. We'll, uh, we'll post this tomorrow for the socials. Yep. If any of you guys want to download uh, the Underdog app, we don't get any credit for it, but – you can bet along with us. Maybe fade our bets if you want to make some cash. Yeah, if, um, if you're smart, you'll fade us. I was gonna say none of, neither of us are experienced betters. Um, so if you want to make some some easy, quick wins, fade these bets. It would be buy, you buy yourself a nice dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the DMP boys, just imagine it's from us. Yeah, exactly. In a round. Uh, awesome. Last thing, let's catch everybody up on Winning Time episode Ooh. eight aired this past Sunday. Two episodes left. Again, we keep meeting fun new players. This week we got to meet <laughs> Dr. J, who is yeah. just horribly at, uh, cast as not good. Fucking just someone's uncle. Doesn't even look <laughs> a thing like Dr. J. No, I think he plays the character pretty well. I just can't get over like his fucking look. Um, yeah, he like he definitely has the like smooth debonair style to him, and the way he talks and carries himself, he he has like the Doctor J aura. But they yeah. did not do a good job like picking no. someone that looked like Doctor J. Everybody else they've done so far has been like a solid match, and yeah, like Larry looks like Larry to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Doctor J, I think that was a big whiff. But I guess who who do you get to look like the god? Right. Yeah. That's like yeah. an impossible fool's errand. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Was there someone else that popped in the show? Yeah. So this this episode, we meet David Stern. Yeah. I thought they did a fantastic job casting David Such Stern. Such a good job. The late, great RIP David Stern. Obviously, he uh, in the show, he wasn't the commissioner yet. I think he was the deputy commissioner. Yep. Um, so, I mean, this season, this show has been renewed for a second season. So I'm assuming as we go along, he's probably going to be more in it and we'll see the progression of, of his career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of show him going to dinner with magic and Larry uh, and him forming kind of a bond with magic Johnson as they kind of like uh, joke around and make analogies over fucking star Wars. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think that sort of sets off, like, like you said, like Stern's approach to building the brand and obviously he's hitching on to a player that's marketable like magic. So we'll see sort of how the NBA grows over the next couple of decades based off of this early relationship that they're building, which is really cool. Um, I could just, I feel like there was another like side character that was played by a funny actor. I could be thinking of something else. Um, uh, we talked about, um, was it Elgin Baylor Jones. last episode? Yeah. yeah, I must be, I must be thinking of that. But anyways, um, yeah. other things that we saw on that show, obviously the magic and cookie drama unfolded. Um yep. 
Magic Rhonda had that. Pregnant. Rhonda got pregnant with Magic's baby. Magic's slowly starting to show some some emotion outside of his happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that moment with Dr. J where like he kept taking him out to dinner and you know, Magic had to kind of lie about why Cookie wasn't there. And Dr. J had that funny moment. Like, we all had some of those shrimps, man. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your yeah, sh- well, get your shit together, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna lie, man, make it believable. Yeah, that was good. Um the Jerry Bus drama continues to f- unfold with man. That was fucking weird. The so yeah, so his mom had cancer, right? Yep. Um, she basically bribed the doctors to not tell her son that the cancer's not gone because she doesn't want to take chemo anymore. She just wants to basically live at home and, and die on her own terms. Yeah. Um, but he hired her like a live-in nurse, nurse, I guess. And that took a really fucking weird turn that made me extremely uncomfortable at the end of the episode. I feel like I saw that coming once they introduced From a her. Mile away. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking scene where Jeannie pukes when they're just like <laughs> hammering KFC blacked out drunk, like that was so uh, that was an uncomfortable scene for me. Like yeah. I feel like yeah. I knew eventually bus was gonna hit on the the nurse, but you just see John C. Riley just munching on chicken. <laughs> And then out of nowhere, Jeannie just sees like six naked girls around him and then just pukes. <laughs> also, she sees all the naked chicks around him as he has like chicken grease all over yeah, his face. Yeah, he's mouth got like chicken grease all over his face. He's hammering like Dom Perignon or whatever champagne they're drinking. It's pretty funny. Uh, that was great. And then he has like the, the quote, he's like, well, it got in the bucket. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Unreal. So yeah, that that continues to to creep along that storyline. Um, yep. Jack McKinney is also on the mend and coming back. So we get to see his true colors. He's mm-hmm. trying to get back to the to the team as quick as he can. He doesn't want to lose his head coaching job. Um, but as opposed to last episode, Jason Siegel and Adrian uh, Brody are actually killing it, and they've won, I think, thirty one games. Yeah, uh, since they've been taking over the coaching ranks. Uh, so, yeah, that that was an interesting dynamic, the way Jack McKinney's coming back. And he's basically shitting all over um, Paul Westhead and being like, no, you're going to do things my way. This is my team. Quit fucking with Spencer Haywood. Put him in the starting lineup. This and that. Yep. Get Pat out of here. Yeah, he's done with Pat Riley. Doesn't want him on the team anymore. Um and he takes it a step further because all the guys go over to Spencer Haywood's mansion to watch the all-star game. And McKinney kind of slips in a little dig there and tells him, don't worry about the trade rumors. Like you're here to stay. You're going to be a big piece for me in the playoffs. And Spencer's like, what trade rumors? Yeah. So that flips it on him. Now he's got a bad idea in his head about Pat Riley, who he was really coming to like right before that. Yeah. Um, they had that moment about like checking out his knee. Like I want you in the game and stuff like that. Yep. And now it's Haywood turns to the crack pipe. <laughs> crack in his house. God so damn it. We, we saw that coming from a mile away with Richard Pryor in the show and everything. But yeah, it is sad that uh, Wood Harris has been drawn to the glass dick. It's not what we wanted for him. No. And then with the Jack McKinney stuff, like, you know, at the whole time, he's sort of like Westhead's like master. He's the apprentice and stuff like that. But he's just fucking using him. And then he's coming back to like, yep get your ass back in line, get this guy out of here. And you can tell he has that little like mental slip up in the, uh, the diner 
when he kind of like signs that autograph and, and Jason Siegel's like, you remember who that is, right? And that's where it's like, McKinney's not even ready to coach, which we'll, we'll see how this plays out, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with <laughs> Jason Siegel pissing blood in his pants, fainting. And, you know, he's in the hospital bed and McKinney's just calling him a fucking spineless prick and telling him to go yeah. fuck himself. I've never wanted so. to like jump through my TV and choke someone more than that. I was like, so pissed on, at McKinney. Yeah. Like, Jason Siegel <laughs> finally found his balls. He got his groove back. He's feeling himself. He's killing it. And you tell him, like, the only reason you're with me is because I know I can control you. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Wild. Yeah. So I'm hoping because right before that, uh, Pat Riley was really trying to convince Westhead, like, yo, this is our time. We're killing it. We need to basically ensure that we finish up this season because this is the right way to do it. And, and yeah. he's cowering, telling him, no, I can't do that to Jack. I can't stab him in the back. And then Jack comes around and basically shits all over him. So I'm yep. hoping that's going to push him to however they figure it out. Obviously they finish the season, but who knows if they call a meeting with Dr. Buss or, or what goes mm-hmm. on. But I can love Pat Riley in this. <laughs> he is incredible. Dude. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. He's so good. Um, the Bro, last thing after he's such a good actor. I just think of him in Peaky Blinders as the Italian. Oh man. Luca <laughs> Yeah, Changreta. Um, the last thing is, uh, I think the show's biggest fan, Jerry West, um, who, by the way, today said he's going to take this to the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, I don't blame Jerry West for doing it, but it's just something exactly what Jerry West would do. And luckily, <laughs> yeah. he's got the uh, the President Trump Medal of Freedom, whatever the fuck he got last year. Maybe he thinks he can pull some Supreme Court ties. But uh, keep living up to the character, Jerry. We, we appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the funny part is everyone on Twitter is like, that's exactly what the TV Jerry would do. <laughs> exactly. You just like him. So they are right. <laughs> You're just digging uh, yourself deeper, West. <laughs> but he has that moment with magic where he's like, I see a lot of you and, my, and me, you know, or I see a lot of me and you, meaning you're just as miserable as I am. Um, and the drive that he sees in him to want to win, you kind of see a little fire from my from magic. So you kind of start seeing how that relationship builds that started off without a lot of like, like for each other. Um, but you also right. get that peek into magic's like deeper feelings and, you know, kind of like the pain behind his eyes, if you will. So I'd like that part, how it ended. Um, yeah. And obviously what's to come is going to be them fucking winning, but cool to see it develop. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Jerry West kind of gave him like the comparison. Oh, yeah. Back when I played like Bill Russell used to take Wilt out to dinner every night before the game and it would bust his ass. So you have to figure out, do you want to be liked or do you want to win? And that's mm-hmm. what really puts the fire under magic. And he started screaming in the locker room and Jerry sees it. I want to win. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, lo- I love the way the show is trending. Every episode, I'm more and more hooked. Yeah. And uh, we got two left. We got... Episode nine, acceptable loss, and episode ten, promised land. So, hey, oh, we'll see. So That's we know we're going to see a lot more of Dr. J, obviously, because when the <laughs> Lakers won that championship, they beat Philly in the finals. So yep. we're going to get to see, I guess, a lot more of uh, that horrible portrayal of Dr. J. <laughs> Can't wait. I'll, I will say he looks good on like the clips of him dunking and the clips of him from behind. Everything that's not showing his face, <laughs> yeah, his face. talking. Looks great. All for it. <laughs> but right. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm excited to see this series wrap up this weekend or in two weeks. And then they're doing a second season, which I'm fucking all for. So 
Yeah, very exciting. a great show. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Um, big game tonight for the Dubs. We got some big money riding on these parlays we're rolling with. Um, lots of cash. Lots of <laughs> lots of cash. A lot of steak dinners <laughs> coming around. Um, but yeah, by the time this week or hopefully you know next week we'll be looking at round two. Some more of these series will shake out, and um, we could do a little recap of the NFL draft. We're not going to do any mock drafts, but we'll recap a little bit of that, and we'll uh, keep this train running. Yes, yes, sir. Gonna give you my Fitzgerald. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go, Dubs. Get to that second round and uh, see who we play. Fuck yeah! We'll see you guys next week. All right, take it easy.